A very good morning on behalf of Teach 613. We welcome you to Take 10 for Talmud. We are recording in Silver Spring, Maryland, and are so glad that you can join us. Kiddushin Daftalid, Kiddushin 4a, pagination is page 7. We're starting from about 13 lines down in the middle of the line. Ditanya, as we learned. Our topic is the case of a woman, as described in the Pasuk, it's a Bas Kohen, the daughter of a Kohen, and she's marrying a, or she has already married, a Yisrael, a non-Kohen. And by the time we enter the story here, she is becoming widowed or divorced from that husband. And the question is, does she return to her father's home in order to eat Teruma, to be allowed to eat Teruma, just like she was when she was in her youth in her father's home? Or does she, her status somehow change because she was married to a non-Kohen and she retains the status of her married family? Now, this is the subject of a Pasuk in Parshas Emor, Perik Chaf Beis, Pasuk Yud Gimel, where the Pasuk says, Uvas Kohen Kisiya Almana Ugurusha, when the daughter of a Kohen shall become a widow or a divorcee, that means she was married to a non-Kohen, and we're entering the story already at the time of the death of the husband or divorce. Pasuk says, Vizera Einla, if she does not have children from him, then Vishavel Besavia Kinu Ureha, Milechamavia Tochel, she can go back like her youth and eat from the portion of her father, meaning Truma. But the implication is if there was Zera, if there were children from him with her, then she would not be able to go back to her father, the Kohen's house, to the status of eating Teruma. This, by the way, would be the same halacha in the reverse, meaning the daughter of a Yisrael marries a Kohen. While she's married to the Kohen, she's able to eat Teruma. Upon the death of that husband, the Kohen, the question would be, does she return to her father's home, meaning the status of a Yisrael not to eat Teruma, or can she retain her status in her deceased husband's home of, yes, eating Teruma because it's a Kohen's house? And the answer would once again be, Vizera Einla, it depends if there are children from him with her, if there are, she retains the status of her married home. If there are no children, then she reverts back to the status of her youth, of her father's home. The Gemara discusses the drasha and how far do we go to decide that she is considered to have children. Tanya, we learnt. Vizera in-law, she does not have children, and that's the case where she's going to revert back to her father's home. Ainli Ela Zara, I only know children. Zera Zara Minayin. How do I know children of children? Tamadlomar Zera Ainla Ayinla. 
when it says zera ein la, it's telling you that you should delve into it. And as the Gemara will develop this, it appears that the diuk is from the yud in the word ein la, that that yud is not necessary. And ein la tells you, do a little extra looking and see if she has children, because any type of child, by any stretch of the imagination, so to speak, is going to be a child, even if it's not an immediate child, and therefore a grandchild would also cause her to retain her status in the married home. Continues the Brysa, Ve'enli elezera kosher, I only know kosher children. Zera posel minayin. How do I know if she has a child which is posel, is not proper lineage, that also would retain her status in her married home? Talmud Lomar, Zera ein la ayin la. Again, we invoke that pasuk. Zera ein la, she doesn't have children. The extra yud in ein la tells you to delve deeply. Any type of child, even one with a stigma in lineage, would also be considered a child for this mitzvah, for this rule. Asks the Gemara, I don't understand what you just did. You took the word ayin la, ein la, you said that you're going to delve into it, and you used that same statement to say two different chidushim, two new ideas. One new idea was grandchildren, and one new idea was even a child that's of improper lineage. How can you use the same drasha twice, the same extra yud, for two different things? And the Gemara answers, Zera zara lo We never needed the Pasuk to teach me grandchildren. Because grandchildren are just like children. This is a principle, a concept. It's an extension of yourself. And we didn't need the drasha of Ein La Ayin La to teach you any type of child regarding a grandchild. That's a straightforward child. When did we need this drasha? We needed it for the purpose of an improper lineage child. Let's finish off the Gemara and then we'll come back. How did the Tana know that you can make such a drasha? It seems such a simple word. She doesn't have children. Amri, I'll explain it. It says in one Pasuk, with no Yud. Bilam is refusing. It's a negative statement and it doesn't have the Yud. It doesn't need the Yud. Yavami, and my brother-in-law, the Yavam, refuses to build the house of his deceased brother from the topic of Yavamas. Again, there's no Yud in the word. The Loksivbahu Yud, Yud, and over here it has a Yud. Shmaminela so that Yud is considered extra and it teaches me something. And now, going back to what the Gemara told us, what does it teach me? It does not need to teach me grandchildren, because that's obvious. But it does teach me Zera Puzzle, an invalid, an improper, a stigmatized child, 
that's what it's going to teach me, that even such a child is considered a child in this context and would cause her to retain her status in her married home. Teisvis, the second Teisvis on the page, points out that you really need to be paying attention here because if the child is puzzle, that means that her husband, the person she's been living with, is puzzle. In which case, she wouldn't be able to eat teruma, period, regardless of her husband's family or her father's family. Says Taisvis, Omeri, Zera Zara Pasul Ka'omar. When we say that there's an invalid, stigmatized child over here that's causing her to retain her status, we're talking about a grandchild, not a child. Because a child would have had to be produced from an invalid relationship, and then she would be Pasul Fatruma anyway, as we're mentioning. But if her child went and married somebody and produced a grandchild for this woman under discussion, and the grandchild is puzzle, is a stigmatized child, and then her child died, and all that's left is this stigmatized grandchild, so then this grandchild, even though the child is a puzzle, is going to cause the grandmother, the original person we've been discussing, to retain her status in her married home. So again, Teisvis deduces that we're talking about Zera Zara Puzzle, a grandchild that's Puzzle, and that's the case. Going back to the Brysa, it's always nice when the Gemara amends something to go back and appreciate where we deviated and what had to be corrected in the text or in the tradition of this particular brysa. What happened over here, it appears, is that the correct brysa reading, as we conclude, is that Vizera Ein Law comes to teach us even Zera Zara Puzzle the grandchild who's puzzle. But in the wording of the Brysa, they went ahead and said, even a grandchild and even a puzzle, which prompted the Gemara to ask, how do you learn two things from the same pasuk? Which prompted the Gemara to say, grandchild did not require a pasuk. And likewise, by the way, according to Teisvis, a puzzle child doesn't either require a pasuk because the mother would be invalid for Teruma anyway. And therefore we conclude that really the intent here was to discuss a combination of those two concepts, Zera, Zara, Puzzle, the grandchild who's Puzzle. Yeshe thank you for joining.